On episode 188 of the Tennis Files podcast, you'll learn pro-level training and fitness secrets with ATP professional Ilya Marchenko. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis Files Podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mirban Iranshad. Hey, Pete. So last month, you gave everybody this awesome free presentation on how to start an online business. And I know that you're such a giving person. So I was wondering what you might have for everybody this month. Yeah, this month, what I'd like to do is give coaches or anybody passionate out there that wants to get start online and, uh, you know, have their passion turn into their business. I'm going to give a presentation, five essential steps on how to start a successful YouTube channel. I really think YouTube is the best platform to be on because it's it's a problem solver. When people want to learn how to fix their serve, you know, they're really not going to Instagram and Facebook and typing in how to fix my serve, but they are doing that on YouTube. And uh, during the pandemic, actually, 77% of people said they learned something new when the pandemic hit last year. So everybody's trying to learn something new. It's very important. It's done wonders for my online coaching business. And so that's why I'm giving away this month. Wow. Uh, I totally agree with you, Pete. I mean, YouTube is the best place to be, I think. Um, for for people who want to get more of an audience, and uh, where exactly can people find uh, this this free awesome uh, you know thing that you want to give out? Yeah, well, you want to get on my email list, so you can go to coachtennisonline.com, and then when you sign up, I'll give you that free presentation as well as lots of education on how you can grow a business online, especially if you love tennis and want to maybe coach some tennis online. Awesome, Pete. Uh, everybody should definitely check that out. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Mirabon. You have a great month and keep up the awesome work. Hey, everyone. This is Mirabon. Welcome back to another episode of the Tennis Files podcast. And this one is arguably my favorite type, which is interviewing uh, a professional tennis player, which I really enjoy digging into what makes them successful, how they came up, how they practice as a junior, and as a professional player, uh, their fitness regimen, and more. And that's pretty much exactly what we covered. I also asked Ilya about his backhand technique. Uh, he has a great backhand, and obviously a lot of amateurs, uh, myself included, have, have struggled with this stroke. So it was very interesting to to talk to Ilya about all these aspects and much more. And if you don't know about Ilya, he is an ATP pro from Ukraine, he has been ranked as high as number 49 in the world in singles and 268 in doubles, primarily a singles player, obviously. And Ilya has won eight challenger titles, including one just a couple weeks ago from this recording where he defeated none other than Andy Murray in the final. Uh, Ilya has also reached the fourth round of the U.S. Open in 2016, where he defeated Nick Kyrgios along the way. And he's battled top players 
like Stan Warinka and David Ferrer and a bunch more. So I really, really love talking to these top-level professional players, uh, and I think you'll get a kick out of uh, Ilya's personality. He has a very fun one, and that's reflected in his YouTube channel, which I highly encourage you all to check out as well. So uh, you can just type in Ilya Marchenko, I-L-L-Y-A, last name M-A-R-C-H-E-N-K-O, uh, in YouTube, and I will also have the link to his channel in the show notes page. So with that, I really hope that you enjoy this interview uh, about the training and fitness secrets from an ATP pro. And so without further ado, here is my interview with Ilya Marchenko. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm really Honored to have uh, professional tennis player Ilya Marchenko on the podcast, and you heard uh, about his accolades earlier in the intro. But it's always especially fun for me to speak with you know the athletes at the top of their sport in tennis, of course. So, uh, Ilya, I just want to welcome you to the podcast and also congratulate you on your recent uh, title. Thank um, you, and thanks so much for coming on. Well, thanks, uh, thanks a lot for inviting and. Uh... I'm always happy to promote my YouTube channel and uh, to talk uh, with uh, the journalists and, uh, you know, to spread the, the love uh, of tennis. Yeah, for sure, Ilya. And it's really funny. I mean, I, I obviously have, have seen you play and heard of you, but I interviewed uh, Marcus Willis about his run in Wimbledon. And then I, I Googled some of his, uh, his matches and I saw the one with you. And then it was so funny for me to see you comment underneath it and you know, you, you mentioned some funny comment like, you know, there's no way I'd let him through or something like that to the main drop. But... Yeah, yeah, not on my watch. Uh, <laughs> the comment was I'm not on my watch. Yeah. yeah, right, yeah. Because it was second 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 year in a row he he was going to qualify, but uh yeah, I stopped him at the final of qualification. Right, right, yeah. That's a pretty pretty brutal for him, obviously, but great win for you. Um so yeah, I you know, I just uh, wanna get into uh just obviously your career and then some tips for the audience and I think it'll be really insightful. So again, I appreciate you coming on. And first off is I, I listened to uh a podcast you did with my friend Fabio uh on the functional uh tennis podcast and he mentioned or you mentioned rather uh a very interesting story about how you first began playing tennis and it actually had to do with uh, I believe in autoimmune disease. So I was wondering if you could talk to us about how you got your start in tennis and how that all relates. No, it has nothing to do with autoimmune disease. I was just uh, a kid who was uh, sick a lot of the times, and uh, yeah, so I was was trying to to uh, build up my immune system to 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 grow up faster, you know, to because sports usually helps, you know, to breathe and uh, you know. In general, I think sports is a pretty healthy thing to do, and I think everyone should do it in in one way or na- or another. That's yeah, that's how I how I came to tennis. Very cool, uh, Ilya. And then, did you play any other uh, sports besides tennis? I mean, I know that your brother is actually uh, you know ice skated in the uh, in the Olympics, which is amazing as well. So, did you play any other sports when you were younger? Well, no, no. I started with tennis and uh, stick to it. And uh, I'm such kind of a person. If I start something, I really stick to it. And uh, well, I I love to play football. I uh, always enjoyed that sport. And but 
uh, unfortunately I got many injuries playing football so at some point of my tennis career I had to stop because it was too many ankle uh, uh, injuries and uh, the, the recent one I think was two years ago uh, we had this friendly friendly match against uh, Slovakia against Slovenia I was playing for Slovakia because I live here and uh, one first match was okay and uh, but the second one uh, uh, I broke my rib because I got fouled and uh, it was just normal falling down on the floor but I have no idea how I broke that rib and actually two doctors after that they uh, examined me and they told me that I couldn't break a rib and it looks fine and uh, for one month I was trying to practice uh, with that broken rib and after one month of nothing it was still painful obviously uh, I had to make an MRI I don't know why they didn't want me to do it in the first place but i've done an mri and i showed that i have a uh, broken rib Jeez. yeah i mean yeah that's why i'm i'm i i would really love to play football after i finish my career uh, as much as i can because i i really like the game and uh, i always enjoy I, my, my legs are pretty fast so i always enjoy to play it yeah and it's interesting i saw a post that you uh put on i think instagram wasn't it about a uh, shakhtar donetsk uh like is that your your team yeah yeah it's my it's my team uh because the other team is ac milan uh <laughs> it's not performing that well uh as it used to obviously comparing to their level and uh, i'm not really watching italian uh, league so much i was always following the champions league mm -hmm. uh milan involved and right now i'm uh supporting uh, Shakhtar Donetsk and actually that uh, post on Instagram I put today uh, it was because uh, Shakhtar Donetsk and Dynamo Kiev are the biggest rivals in Ukrainian football mm -hmm. and the funny thing about that post was uh, the Twitter account of Shakhtar Donetsk uh, wished good luck to Dynamo Kiev in their match against Brugge mm. uh, on which uh, an account of uh, Dynamo Kiev answered that uh, they hope that two Ukrainian teams gonna be in the next round, which is for for the fans of those two teams a bit a bit weird situation. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, I mean they they are both Ukrainian teams, but it's like you know Barca and Real. It's uh, it's uh, not that you know. They don't have such such feelings between uh, the fans. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's nice to have some unity for once, I guess, with those teams. Yeah, yeah, well, but it was actually surprising, surprising to read that. Yeah, yeah, that that's cool, man. And uh, you know, one thing uh, in terms of like camaraderie and, and such is, uh, you know, as I mentioned, your brother uh, was a very uh, high level skater. So I was wondering of your relationship with him and was there any sort of like you feeding off of him or him feeding off of you i know you're 10 years uh younger i think than him but was there any sorts of like help helping each other in terms of sports well i think i have a great uh, great brother and uh uh when i think about it uh, he he was always playing with me so when i think about it right now he was like i don't know 16 years old 17 years old or even 20 years old and he was still playing with me different games and uh it was really fun and I, I'm, I'm thinking about like would i play with a kid like when i was 
20 or 16, you know, you have a lot of other things uh, to do and uh, not to play with your younger brother. And he he was always doing it. And uh, uh, yeah, during my career, uh, he, he, he was the one who was always supporting and he always uh, said that I should... Uh, continue as as long as I can because uh, the sport career is gonna be the most exciting part of my life and uh, he really wish that uh, I, I perform good and uh, uh, stay a tennis player as, as much as I can. Very cool. Was there anything in particular that you learned from seeing him perform at a really high level that that uh, you well, took? Well, it's, uh, it's a so different sport that um, I don't know it it's i don't think it's something like i haven't, I haven't seen him practicing much uh, i was just uh, watching him on on tv when he was uh, performing you know and uh, and i was still pretty young uh, and he finished his career pretty pretty early as well so uh, i don't think it i uh, my my parents obviously were more experienced uh, mm-hmm. but but still but a lot of support, that's the main thing. And uh, maybe some understanding when when you lose what's, what's happening in your mind because uh, people outside of the sport, they don't really don't really get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely that connection with you too. So very cool, uh, Ilya. Curious about your, your junior career. Uh, obviously extremely important in how you develop your game at that point. So at, at what point did you start to take tennis seriously and then what was the training environment like for you well uh, in, i had no really junior career i mean internationally i was uh, my parents didn't have enough funds uh, to uh, to send me somewhere to to play international tournaments so i was uh, playing tournaments in ukraine which is much cheaper and ukraine is a pretty cheap country if you compare it to to other ones and uh yeah, I was just practicing, enjoying the game. Was trying to to improve my ranking, Ukrainian ranking, and uh, at some spot I wanted to be become like we have this master of sport or whatever. Uh, then if if you have that, you can coach straight away. You don't have to finish university or anything. Well, it used to be this way. I'm not sure how it is now. Uh, and uh, yeah, basically, I was I was dreaming uh, of becoming professional. Uh, never thought it's gonna be. It was like big dream. You never think it's gonna happen. And uh, at the age of uh, sixteen, I think I'm really not sure which age, what age was it. Uh, a coach uh, who moved from Dnipropetrovsk to Dnipropetrovsk, uh, he called me. He invited me to practice there in Dnipropetrovsk. Uh, he he found some money uh, for my practicing and. Uh, some tournaments as well but still within ukraine and then uh yeah i spent a couple of a couple of years there and then another step was when i started to play futures and i we had a series of futures in ukraine uh, i performed uh, pretty good compared to other ukrainian players and i got a call uh, which probably changed my my life completely uh, I got a call from uh, Vicor Tennis Club, and uh, they invited me to uh, to practice uh, at Vicor, uh, covering all expenses and uh, 
since then they they basically made me a tennis player because since then I I didn't have to worry about uh, money tournaments or anything like that. I mean the the everything was covered, everything was planned. Uh, they were covering all my practices. They were I would literally have uh, to just practice and and play tournaments. They would have. Uh, they would give me a schedule. You have practice here, here. You have uh, a gym session here, and uh, you you need just to work and then to to try to perform my best at the tournaments. And the, the coaches were deciding which tournaments I'm gonna go. So I, I had like just small word in in that. And uh, yeah, and for I don't, I think eight years I, I was there and. Uh, they created me as a tennis player with them. I, I entered uh, top 100 for the first time and uh, yeah, it was a uh, huge support and in, in creating me as a tennis player. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, incredible. I'm so glad that you were fortunate enough to have that happen to you because as we all know, it's very, yeah. very difficult, uh, you know, financially on the tour. Money part of it, but can you give us any sort of idea as to how much it costs for for players like you, like per year, uh, any any sorts of idea? I imagine it's a lot. Oof, it's I think travel expenses are were around fifty thousand per year, and plus coaches, uh, it's really hard to tell because I don't know uh, what were their salaries and uh, if it was based on me or because they had other players as well. Uh, it's really hard to tell. Like roughly, I would say my expenses right now around one hundred thousand per year, but like it's how I really never calculated like dollar per per dollar sure. or anything like that. Um, I've finished uh, many seasons in minus, and uh, yeah, but those good ones they covered uh, the rest of them, and uh, yeah, I was able. For example, from from U.S. Open, I was uh, able to to play for a couple of years uh, in minor. So it was it's it's even if you when you're a professional player, uh, it doesn't mean you earn every year, which is uh, I think it shouldn't be this way. Yeah, it's a very difficult situation, but obviously that that fourth round, uh, amazing. Uh accomplishment there also i was curious you know like when you have a situation where a, a, a organization or a club is covering your expenses do you think that will would motivate somebody to perform even better or do you think they kind of relax somewhat and then maybe not perform as well what's your take on that well it probably it probably depends on a person but i think uh those guys who relax say they would not go up in the ranking they they would stop their career pretty early and uh, i mean basically no, no nobody gonna give you money if you show no result at all and uh, for me uh, personally i never needed extra motivation uh, yeah so the, the the good part that i was covered i was organized i was everything was under control but the other part was not under my control so i would probably do something something a bit differently even at that period and uh, of course when i was growing up as a as a player as a as, a, as an adult uh, i would i would like to make my own decisions uh yeah and there was 
that's why actually we we split at the end but uh, we split it at very good uh, that's a relationship and I'm gonna be always thankful to to what they've done and uh, it was all not never about uh, the money because they were never expecting uh, you know to earn money with me I understood it straight straight away when the first big result came to me and it was semi-final of uh, Moscow ATP from Qualys uh, huge money for me that time uh, by the contract I would have to give them a big part of it but they said no for, for this result you you can keep everything wow. for, for yourself wow that's yeah so it was never about the money and uh, it was huge support yeah that, that's really incredible you know you mentioned uh, in your your previous answer just now that you never needed extra motivation so I'm curious about because uh, you know there are players obviously that struggle with the motivation part so what what exactly is it that keeps you uh, motivated you know every day or most days to to keep trying to uh, your best on the court well just I, I like to win <laughs> I like to win I like the sport that's uh, the key thing and I, th- I really don't know if uh, any of any of the guys in top 500 or in six, I don't know, I cannot draw the line there. Uh, there are any players who, who doesn't want to win, who don't want to win. Mm. So, yeah, winning, I mean, money is a good part as well, but uh, winning and it's always uh, a good feeling. Yeah, no, it always is uh, is fun to win and to figure out ways to keep winning. Of course, I mean, I, 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 I'm really competitive in any type of thing I do. Uh, I used to play a bit of uh, soccer, PlayStation, and, uh, stuff like that. I even won one tournament in Donetsk, but, uh, but yeah, that's if I play something, I play, I play to win. That's, that's the key, th- key thing for me. Yeah, I think that really is the key. I mean, I wrote an article like maybe four or five years ago now, uh, and I, I basically emailed uh, 70 different college coaches in the U.S., and I asked them for the most important character traits of uh, successful tennis players in college. And the number one, actually by far, was uh, being competitive. That was just number one uh, key. So, I mean, I'm not surprised to hear that, which is... Uh, Great to hear. Ilya, in terms of, uh, you know, your progression to, to the pro tour, I heard on on the interview with Fabio that you did get some offers from uh, from United States uh, universities, uh, if I remember correctly, and uh, but you decided to go pro. So obviously, you know, that offer to support you, I'm sure, was, was huge. But can you clarify that, you know, that timeline? And also, I'm curious, you know, what schools gave you offers and then what, what made you uh, decide to just go pro? Well, it's uh, uh, they offered me to go to university before Donetsk, before that sponsorship. So at that moment, it was a hard decision. But uh, I always believed that uh, if you want to become pro, you cannot, uh, like, let's say, waste like five years or four years uh, studying, and uh, you never, you will not you will not be able to to get those years back uh i mean it's difficult decision i think it was oklahoma it's, it was difficult decision uh but i always dreamed 
dreamed about being a professional tennis player and uh, that's that was that's why I answered no and uh, I always thought that uh, I can answer yes in uh, like next next couple of years if I if I really want to yeah that makes a lot of sense it's still an interesting debate you know that uh I guess American people who are uh, pro college, they kind of point to some examples like uh, like Isner and and uh, McDonald and and players like that. Yeah, but, of course. But yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how you know. It, maybe if they didn't go to college, maybe they would have done better. Who knows? But uh, I can definitely understand that. And there's proponents of of you know just going straight to to uh, pro level as well. Um, so that makes sense. I want to start uh, in regards to, well, I guess we've talked about your pro career already some, but if you were able to somehow take a time machine and then go back to 18-year-old Ilya Marchenko and then give him advice to help him maximize here his career and reach the highest level that possible, what advice would you give uh, 18-year-old Ilya? Yeah, I've already answered that. I think it's one of in interviews uh, to this question, and uh, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stick with that answer. It's uh, work smarter, not harder. That's uh, that the key thing. I think, which maybe in some some points ruined my career. Hmm. That's that's interesting. I, I'd love to kind of uh, expound upon that some, if you don't mind, like. What what are some examples of like ways where you maybe work too hard instead of uh instead of smarter? Well, yeah, I've got a, a lot of injuries during my career, and I uh, was always uh, trying to come back as soon as possible. And uh, I was I always believed that uh, to work hard is uh, the main thing you could do, which is true but if you just work hard you can actually hurt yourself and uh, you really need to to think about what are you doing and why are you doing and uh, yeah I mean it's easy to to judge uh, when you know some things uh, but obviously when you're young you have no idea and uh, you just follow uh, people around you and uh, things that they might not know something as well and uh, uh, sports is changing uh, fitness is changing and the way you practice is changing as well so I mean now players are able to play longer because of all that because of rehabilitation because of fitness and uh, because of all that even even I'm 33 right now and uh, with three surgeries, uh, I still can can compete and win some challenger tournaments. And not maybe not something uh, that many people dreamed of, but uh, still, it's uh, pretty competitive and professional tennis. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll take beating Andy Murray in a, in a final of a tournament. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but many people say that he's not the same anymore. But I I, I still think he's a guy to beat because he has won. A tournament after his surgery and uh, mentally I mean you cannot compare him to any other player on on a challenger on a challenger tour probably because he he has won everything so yeah he knows how to do it and when I was serving for that match uh, I mean you could I was much better the whole whole match but during that period 
when I had to serve for it, it was a different story. Yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't, I had faith in you, but I was getting a little bit worried, like, oh man, you know, Andy, like, yes. Yeah, I was, I was sure <laughs> I'm going to lose that, that, that last game and uh, we would have to play tiebreak or whatever, yeah. but uh, I didn't think that I would lose it, but yeah, I was so tight, uh, you cannot imagine. <laughs> So, so you know, that's an interesting question that a lot of players, they email me and they say, hey, I get tight in matches, I get nervous. Like, what helped you to get through that, that tight period? Because it's going to happen, but what, what did you do to, to break through? Well, the main thing is uh, if you're tight, it's a, it's a good sign. That means that you, you care which is uh, the best thing because if you, 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 you never get tight, means you, you don't care. And uh, to be tight is normal. Everyone gets tight. Uh, if you watch really carefully, even the big three guys like Djokovic, Nadal, Federer, they get tight as well. And uh, with Federer, he misses. With Nadal, he starts to play really, really short. Uh, with Djokovic, it's not that, but he gets angry, but it's not that obvious, I would say. But for sure, he every everybody gets tied in one way or another, and you just have to live with it. You have to understand that you have these feelings uh, because you care, which is okay, and then it's kind of easier to 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 go through that. And yeah, you you rely on your weapons in in which you trust the most. And uh, if you fail, you have to live with it and you have to keep going because that's normal. That's normal. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm... Of course, if you have more experience, you've been these guys, these types of situation situations. Uh, then it's a bit easier, like. You already been there. You know how it's done, and uh, it's it's easier. But still, you're gonna get tight against. I mean, it can happen against any opponent. Uh, I won the tournament. Next next week, I play uh, a young guy from Italy. It was very close match, and I get tight, like as well. So it can happen with a with any opponent and uh, at any stage. Yeah, definitely. I'm curious, you know, uh, accepting it is, is uh, obviously a huge, a hugely important step, but do you do anything physically to also maybe like reduce it at all? Like, you know, I've heard mental game experts say to do fit certain physical things like, you know, uh, deep breath and play with your strings a bit um, and think about the game plan. Like, do you do anything in particular? Well, yeah, game plan, game plan is, is a bad thing to do. If you think about what to do uh, uh, continuously about what you're going to do, uh, it's they take away your focus and, uh, yeah, of course, a breathing part. And uh, the other thing, they don't help me much. <laughs> to be honest, but yeah, I, I always uh, I would love to have plan because this helps you helps you to to think about something else, which is which is good as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. In terms of, it, I'm I'm still really curious about uh, how you, you know you mentioned about uh, working smarter. So is it like 
when when you practice these days, do you have like more of a, a laser focused like practice session and things you want to work on? Because you know, the, I think one of the big things with a lot of the uh, amateur players who like most people I'd say who are listening to this are probably like three zero to four five players, but uh, which is intermediate level, but. They a lot of times they go out on the practice court and they just are hitting cross courts all day and just like doing the same old things and not really practicing with intent respective to what they need to work on in their game. So is is that something that you ended up making an adjustment to as well uh, for yourself? Uh, no, not really. I still play a lot of cross courts, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, first first lesson was uh, you have to respect uh, the rest mm. you have you have to respect those resting days and uh, you cannot just you cannot just work all the time you have to you must put those uh, that time for for recovery uh, recovery is a huge part of uh, training process and you really need to take it seriously, like massages, physiotherapy, and uh, other things. What you can do, you 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 have to respect that as much as your training sessions, or even more. Mm. Uh, like stretching, I was never doing stretching. Uh, that's why my muscles, like a lot of things, I was not. I I, I would practice but uh, i would not care about recovery that much mm. and uh, i think this is was my big mistake and uh, right now for example i play, uh, practice only three days and then i have rest after travel i always have rest uh, before we would come from the tournament and go to practice straight away and uh, which is uh, very not good thing for your body and uh, uh, these days i uh, like right now uh, right now i have more fitness practices than tennis practices uh, especially after long tournaments like like this one uh, so right now i have two fitness practices a day and only one uh, tennis practice because i need to you know to prepare my body for that tennis because tennis is one side in sport uh, you have one side is working different from another and you have you know all this disbalance and uh, you have to work on it in the gym or on a track to to uh, you know to balance all those things uh, it's better for your health and for your performance as well yeah for sure uh, very interesting stuff there and i i just was remembering like a, a video you did about stretching in the hotel and it was pretty funny uh you know so yeah i i just really enjoy that your your particular style of humor so uh uh but what in regards to the stretching and uh well actually the fitness in general can you kind of break down for us i'm really curious about these two sessions that you do a day like how do you what is it comprised of like each session what are you doing there well it's obviously it's planned by my my fitness coach and usually the the main thing that to start the cycle uh, with uh, some mobilization training which is more like stretching and uh, kind of similar stuff what what you've seen in that video uh, then uh, after like the second can be like power when like regular gym when you work on on your muscles when you gain muscles 
then running running is very important part of all all my cycles practice cycles because uh, uh, you need to train actually it's more like train for you for your heart uh, you know this uh, 200 meter sprints and uh, 150 meter sprints it's good for your heart it's actually gives me uh, a lot of energy to run uh, on a court afterwards if I would do it on the court it would not give me uh, that clean gain I would say uh, because running on the court and running 200 meters uh, it's different thing I mean you can some sometimes you can cheat on the court you know you, you can do less steps or you can use other ways to to shorten the point but uh, if you have to run 200 meters sprint you're gonna run 200 meters sprint <laughs> that's that's what you're gonna do and <laughs> uh, for, for me it works this way i don't know maybe for other people it's different and uh, yeah basically this mobilization thing things are important i mean you can do it yourself at the hotel but when it's supervised by the coach it's much better because he sees where i'm doing wrong where i'm not uh, because you you feel your, your your body always a bit differently uh, the way it actually is some some people cannot stay straight and uh, or keep the head straight because they feel like it's straight but it's actually not so it's always good to have some supervision and uh and work on those areas of weak areas my core was uh, pretty weak uh, couple of years ago I think now it's helping me a lot because my my knees are still not perfect and I uh, have uh, other small things and I'm not young so I think core right now helps me to to avoid some some bigger injuries yeah I really appreciate the insight there and I think you mentioned in like a random comment that I was reading that you because uh, you know you came off like I guess eight matches uh, uh, that you played, and and so you, I think you had like an adductor issue. Like, was it a little bit uh, tight or something? Like, how's that going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's over, it's getting overused because uh, uh, this muscle is protecting my knee, uh, which is still uh, a bit swollen sometimes. Uh, I have a meniscus tear there again, and uh, yeah, it's like. Some doctors would uh, suggest to operate it. Uh, I've been there. It, uh, it it didn't help much because knee is uh, not the, the core of a problem. The core is somewhere else, and uh, yeah, that, that that's why it get overused because it's trying to protect the knee. Gotcha, gotcha, Ilya. So there are, you know, of course, a lot of players who they get injured and then they kind of struggle to to get back in good playing shape. And you, you know, you have a good amount of experience with dealing with with these injuries. So do you have any tips for players who have sustained like similar injuries like you have and who want to get back uh, on the court as soon as they can uh, to help them out? Well, that's, I'm probably not very good uh, example. Yeah, I've had several injuries, but every time it took very long uh, time to to come back. Uh, and other players, they don't have these issues. They can have the same level of uh, of a game straight away. 
uh, it was not the case with me. I think my my biggest mistake all these years was that uh, I was I was trying to to come back as soon as possible, and you should not. You should you should really wait, build up, and if you think you're ready, just wait a little bit more, <laughs> because yeah. You don't. Have, you cannot force uh, because you know they, they. They. The doctors tell you. Let's say after meniscus uh, surgery, you can uh, start. A tor- you can play a tournament in like six weeks or like seven weeks, and, and you focus on those six uh, seven weeks. And uh, I was playing the tournament after six weeks. Uh, I don't think I should. Those like two or four weeks more, they would not change my career, but. That they would help to to recover better and probably would avoid some other issues. Mm. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. I like that advice. Better safe than sorry. Build in some extra time to recover. I mean, yeah. you, 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 you need that because at some spot I thought like, yeah, this this pain, it, it's kind of okay. It's, it will never go away. I will have to live with it. But no, it, you shouldn't think this way. You should you should try to bring your body back to normal and not thinking about that injury at all. But I, I don't know if it's possible at all, but uh, to, to use a couple of extra weeks on top of what doctor says, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure, Ilya. Um, one more quick question on uh, just fitness related, but not injuries, uh, is I'm curious, is there any particular exercise like in the gym? I know you do like hundreds of them, but any particular exercise that, you know, you think that maybe the the people listening, like if they put this exercise into their fitness routine, it could maybe help them a lot with their their power and speed on the court. Well, yeah, one exercise helped me a lot with my knees issues, but I have no idea how to explain it. Uh, like I would, I would be able to show it, but no idea how to explain it. Uh, Do you know the name? It's, it's okay. basically to for. I, I don't know if there is a name. Or, I mean, I know name in Slovakian. I have no idea how to translate in English. It's okay. uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, basically for for your glutes and uh, yeah, I, there it is on that video from from that hotel room. But okay. yeah, it's, I have no idea how to explain it. Yeah, no worries. I'm just gonna make a note here to uh, to just link to the video. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's good. It's exercise. <laughs> subscribe. And subscribe uh, and get all your family to subscribe as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a great channel. A question for you, uh, Ilya, regarding like your training. Because uh, again, you know, a lot of players don't really train properly. I'm curious, uh, and maybe it changes, you know, every day, but what is the, the what are the core things that you do uh, during a training session, assuming that you're not, uh, it, it's not a tournament week. 
well, you you must have a goal, what you work on, and uh, understand why you do certain things. And uh, uh, if you if you don't understand, you should ask your coach like, why are we doing this? And but not in an offensive way, but really try because if you understand it while you practice, it's uh, much easier to 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 get there. Because when I was younger, uh, many times coaches would not explain me why are we doing certain things, but they would just tell me do it. And uh, I don't know if they thought it's uh, that I'm not smart smart enough to understand, or they were not smart enough to explain. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Definitely the second one, <laughs> uh, not the first one. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and uh, when I think back uh, to some of those exercises. Now with my experience, I like, man, that we were doing that just because it was good for this, and it's so logical right now. But it was so illog- un- not logical at that time. Mm-hmm. But uh, the coach would never explain to me. So I-, I think like I would I would understand. Just tell me like this like <laughs> ten words I would understand. Like it's it's logic, you know. <laughs> I don't know if I would. To be honest, because you know you're young and uh, you have your your own thinking, and uh, but uh, I'm really sorry that uh, I didn't get those explanations. Or maybe I did. I don't remember. <laughs> I didn't understand that. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's another story. It's uh, it's always uh, easier to to talk uh, afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that that makes sense. Just blame the coaches. It's fine. Um, but, uh, no, no, that's cool. Just blame the coach. Yeah. That's I mean, why blame yourself? No. I mean, I mean, I mean, if I would be as, like, as experienced as I'm, I am right now, I would understand it straight away. But, you know, uh, so f- I cannot take the, the oh, 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 I cannot put all the blame on my coaches because, yeah, I was stupid. No, no. I, I am, I, I am now as well. Like comparing to some other people, I mean, of course, you cannot know everything. Uh, you just need to learn every day for something new. Yeah, no, I think you bring up a great point, actually, for any coaches listening. I think the more you can explain and, and make it logical for the players, the more they might be invested in it and be uh, have more passion for doing what you're telling them. Because uh, a lot of times if we're just told to do things without any explanation, then we start to do wonder like like you did, and then sometimes you might not end up being so excited about it. So, um, no, it's a good point there, Ilya. Um, uh, just, just curious, like in terms of your practices, like how much, uh, drilling are you doing? How much practice matches? Like is, you know, what, what's the breakup usually of that? Well, practice matches usually come closer to the tournament when I want to, to have this feeling points and stuff like that. And, uh, when I come back from a series of tournaments, uh, I need to clean up, clean up my strokes a bit. Maybe to to play with the basket, you know, to to feel the movement and uh, stuff like that, and uh, to work on some changes. It's uh, at my age right now. It's difficult to to make some major changes, but uh, in tennis, you're changing something every day. You come. Like Tuesday or like Monday, you have one forehand. You come Tuesday. It's a bit, it's a bit different. You're always in in search of something and uh, trying to listen to your 
feelings and stuff like that. But yeah, you you basically you 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 have to observe your game and what you what you need at a certain period of time. When you need to clean your shots, you have to clean them. Uh, when you feel like uh, you need more points because the tournament's coming, you need to play more points. If you want to change something completely, like then obviously for like week or maybe more, like two weeks, you, you no points. You you're gonna work on that thing, and uh, yeah, that's basically it. Cool. I I'm I'm running a lot. <laughs> On my practices because my legs uh, is my bread so mm, I like it that's that's the, the the main part of my game and uh, I cannot cannot leave it aside sure yeah I mean it's so unfortunately unfortunately uh, I have to run a lot yeah, I, I feel your pain. You know, sometimes I see like you know Isner and, and the, like big servers, and I say, yeah, man, why can't I, I just mean, do that? He doesn't need to run a lot. <laughs> yeah, unless he's playing. And I have to. Crazy players, yeah. Um, but uh, so on on that note, uh, actually, I was trying to what question? Oh yeah, so in terms of your game plan, so I'm wondering, like, with your game plan that you create, you know, before your matches, presumably, uh. Is it usually the same? Is it like always constructed around like what you do best, or do you often change the game plan a lot to accommodate for how to best handle particular opponents? Well, uh, I focus uh, how to hurt my opponent, mm. but uh, using my abilities. I mean, I'm. Even if the guy is lobbing his returns, I'm not gonna. Do you hear me? Нужно чуть-чуть. Hello. Нужно чуть-чуть перенести, потому что я еще сейчас подкаст заканчиваю и потом вернусь. Минут на пятнадцать буду опаздывать. Хорошо. Hey, Leah. Do you hear me? Yeah. I guess my questions. Yes. My questions sucked, and then it you was left. it was a phone call. Okay, could you repeat the question? <laughs> yeah, like I thought I just asked a shitty question, and then you decided to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I'm recording. Okay, good. Uh, I'll start it back. So, Ilya, I'm curious about how you construct a game plan before your matches. Is it usually such that you? that you keep it the same in terms of like it's always centered around your strengths or do you change it quite a bit uh, depending on your opponent? Well, uh, obviously, for me, uh, I always try to find ways to hurt my opponent first. But, of course, using my my abilities, I cannot... uh, 
for example, if uh, somebody lobs every return, I, I, I will not surf on the volley in, in, in any case. I mean, because uh, <laughs> it's like lost point for me. I'm gonna try, I'm gonna find the ways how can I apply my game against this opponent. And uh, of course, some opponents suit better. For my game style, I mean, if the guy is just hitting full power, it's uh, my my favorite one because uh, I just wait for his for his miss, and uh, I am pretty good in defense. He's pretty good in attack, and you know, it's completely two different tactics. Uh, they meet, and then uh, the better player wins. And uh, I really don't like to to play against uh, against players who are who are similar than me. Uh, that's uh, because I know it's gonna be long. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> it's gonna be long and uh, yeah, probably three sets and a lot of cramps and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, like Murray, Gopan, and all that. Uh, those players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're gonna run. We're gonna run a lot. We're gonna play a lot of shots, and uh, no matter what the score is, it's uh, still painful, painful game. But I mean, the good thing is then you know, okay, I can have a huge meal. I'm gonna burn a lot of calories. I can have a big pie. I mean, it's not all bad, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. Uh, so, um, in terms of uh, your so your backhand, Ilya. I mean, it's uh, I think it's your favorite shot, but it's uh, it's certainly a fantastic thing to watch. And I was wondering, um, you know, that's that's one of the biggest weaknesses of uh, of amateur tennis players. So, do you have any tips on backhand technique that you think are really important for people to have uh, a good backhand? Well, it's, I think it used to be my best shot, but uh, I'm not sure it is now. Uh, well, in backhand, it's, um, the key part is uh, it's your legs. Your legs, you have to... I mean, it's basically in every shot, but uh, with backhand, you cannot uh, really... If your footwork is bad, you cannot uh, compensate it with your hands because there is no uh, there is no much space for that. Uh, like in forehand, because in forehand sometimes you can do it just with your hands. With backhand, you really need that uh, good sweet spot and uh, correct technique uh, to hit a clean and good backhand. That's the main thing. Yeah, that I, I think that's why they struggle a lot because amateurs usually they don't move that well. Yeah, I th think that's really great advice. Appreciate that. Yeah, because uh, it's interesting. You know, I was wondering at some, you know, uh, a couple years ago, why is my backhand uh, much weaker than my forehand? And then I videotaped myself, and then I looked at my movement, and I said, "Wow, like my footwork is so much worse on my backhand. Like my weight transfer oh, is cool. it for you know going forward and." So uh, that's that's a really good one there. Uh, Ilya, in terms of like, you mentioned that you're really good at playing against players who hit very hard. Uh, so uh, do you have any tips uh, on playing those players? Like what what's the key to be able to handle uh, that power? Because a lot of players do struggle with handling power. That's a, uh, it's going to be funny, but it's legs again. <laughs> Le legs, uh, you... Uh, can save a lot of energy because you don't need to 
hit uh, very very strong shots or fast shots because actually you just use the power of your opponent and then yeah you need to have a variety of, of shots like slice, spin, uh, variety of uh, height of the ball and uh, be consistent show 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 them uh, that you're gonna you are ready for for those for those shots of course obviously if you are and uh, show it to your opponent they really don't like it if if they feel that uh, they can cannot hurt you with just uh, powerful shots uh, they start to risk even more and then those errors are coming and uh, you're which which you are waiting for uh, it's like show them that that you are ready to to, to defend no matter what and uh, uh, and you're gonna be consistent you're not gonna miss and they they really don't like it yeah I love that yeah they're gonna be forced or force themselves to try to go for too much and, and miss yeah sometimes they're just uh, destroying themselves. I mean, uh, you're not doing anything. They're destroying themselves just because they know that you're gonna defend, you're gonna bring all the balls back, and uh, they think that you, they knew, need to do something special on top of what they are doing, but they actually not. And they just, uh, you know, tennis is always a balance between uh, uh, aggressivity, like how to say, the ag aggressive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, aggressive style and patience so you always have to find the balance between those two and uh, uh to get those points point by point and uh, to win to win a match for sure uh for sure Ilya. that's that's great stuff uh i want to ask you one more question before we get into your youtube channel a bit more um is there one particular change that you made in your game uh, during your pro career that was sort of like an epiphany where you made the change and then all of a sudden it's like, wow, I'm, I'm winning a lot more points or I'm winning them much easier. Any, any particular change uh, of that magnitude that you've made? Well, to be, to be honest, no, not really. Uh, prepare the tactics before the match helped me a lot, I think. Um, uh yeah you have to be ready because first it helps if you have a game game plan uh but like really really clear in your head like if he plays his best shot for example like running routes with forehand and playing cross court that uh, immediately you're gonna change down the line or are you gonna slice you like if you have that plan it's uh helps you with uh, that tightness as we were talking before and then of course many times you'll have to change because not everything gonna work the way you think it it should uh, because on a tv or on a stream when you learning your opponent uh, things looks one way and when you actually play against this opponent uh, you feel the ball completely different way and uh, sometimes i had to play to his stronger shots because uh, i felt more comfortable playing there comparing to his weaker side for example and uh, yeah to have that game plan is very important and i think that brought me a lot of wins
Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much for that advice, Ilya. So, uh, like I mentioned, you know, Ilya has a great YouTube channel, uh, has a great mix of, uh, obviously tennis, tennis advice and exercises and, you know, funny things and stuff happening on the tour with, with Ilya's tournament. So, uh, what was it that sparked your desire to enter the world of YouTube? Well, I just created one, one, one video. It started with one video. Uh, people liked it. Then I had another idea. I made another one. People liked it again. They liked, liked it again. And then uh, uh, ideas kept coming. Uh, I started to learn new things like editing and how to put the lights and everything. And I just like to learn and uh, I like to create these videos and that's like hobby it's uh, not really waiting anything from it I'm trying to of course I'm trying to build some strategy how I'm gonna you know to grow <laughs> with my channel but in general I just like the process uh, same as with tennis I like to play the game so same here. I just like to create those videos. That that's that's it. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you've uh, you've obviously been gaining subscribers. You've got a couple of thousand right now, which is great. Uh, I think maybe when you were on that podcast with Fabio, you only had a few hundred. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, in any case, it's great growth because that was just a few months ago. Um, and I mean, what what is your goal with the channel? Like, what do you want to accomplish with it? To be honest, I don't have any particular goal. I'm uh, uh, I had a goal to reach this monetiza monetization thing, so now I'm officially part-time uh, YouTuber. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I've earned already like two bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and uh, what people were saying that when you read that, uh, you get more exposure. But for for now, I cannot. I don't really see that. I'm uh, just trying to grow. Uh, I have tons of topics right now. I just need time and really to sit down and uh, to think about jokes and uh, how to how to create that video, how to you know to create that script because all my all my videos are scripted. Uh, and uh, yeah, I need a lot of time which I don't have now because I'm winning winning matches. Uh, uh, and uh, we'll see where it leads us. If if I get like a lot of subscribers, which actually I doubt, uh, then I mean we'll see. We'll see if I can create my own brand for like so more people know about me, about who I am. After I finish my career, then I have uh, more job opportunities and. Uh, it's actually help helps even now uh, more people reaching me out with different propositions with different uh, uh, platforms and uh, stuff like that so yeah it's quite interesting and uh, yeah uh, I want I wanted to become an actor like when I was a really small kid so maybe I can uh, somehow uh, fulfill that <laughs> that dream on my YouTube channel. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, I mean, we could talk offline if, if you ever want to about, uh, you know, how to potentially expand 
your YouTube into other opportunities. But yeah, it's a great platform. I really wish that more uh, pro players did this because it really is fun for for the audience to get in. Well, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work, and I'm not sure like you really have to enjoy that because uh, yeah, it takes a lot of time and in. Yeah. How are you a doing it? How, how are you doing it with uh, with the pro? You know, playing a, a professional on the tour. You know, how do you do both? Well, it's like before I used to play some games. I, I'm hardcore gamer. Mm. I, I, I like I always love these adventure games. To I finish like uh, hundreds, if not more than thousands of those. Wow. And uh, right now I, can't, I have no time <laughs> i would love to but i have no time <laughs> i'm like i'm thinking to to buy a new laptop and i'm thinking like should i buy this m1 chip uh, with new macbook pro and air which is very good for video editing or should i buy a gaming laptop because you know i'm game sometimes and then i think like but yeah right now i'm not gaming at all because i have no time <laughs> have you ever played any counter-strike i know that's not an adventure game uh i suck <laughs> <laughs> because uh, you know i'm i'm a console player so i'm not actually used to mouse and uh i'm, I'm much better with with uh, controller and I used to play a lot of Battlefield and I uh, was pretty good on consoles. I mean, not any competitive level, but like, okay. Uh, but yeah, I'm much better with, with the controller and I play most of my adventure games with controller. I, I have no idea what to do with this. I mean, <laughs> although it's gaming mouse, but doesn't help. <laughs> have the same, it doesn't help. Same mouse, I think. It's like a Logitech. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's... it's no, your. I I don't know. I don't know. I have G six zero three. Oh yeah, my, it says. Oh okay, seven zero three. It's the same basically. Or okay, similar, yeah, similar. Yeah. My mine is cheaper, you know. Uh, <laughs> my channel is on the budget. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. No, no, it's it's a good mouse. Um, yeah, that's really cool. I was just curious because I have played Counter Strike, as you could probably tell. I look like a nerd, but um, I uh, <laughs> so this guy's simple. He's like the best. CSGO player of all time, and he's from Ukraine. So, oh, yeah? yeah, yeah, his name is Simple. Yeah, well, I mean, I know that we have pretty good uh, players, uh, not only in Counter Strike, I think, but yeah, I but I never was into it, so I have no, I no idea. Sure, sure. About names and, and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's, he's. But I'm, I'm like, it's not really surprising to me that we have someone like this <laughs> yeah no they're sick i mean if you ever watch simple and and navi is the clan NAVI. i think i think they'll go dolgo polov knows mm. some guys and uh, yeah. nice nice is the uh how's he doing by the way is he uh playing these days or let's i think you should you should better ask okay. him uh, i mean i don't know if he's gonna come back or okay or it's done. It's not officially done, but I, I I don't really know if what what his plans are. But sure, sure. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, we would love to see him in our Davis Cup team. It would be much stronger with him. But yeah, injuries, injuries, same. Yeah, tough. Yeah, injuries are really tough for sure. Um, but yeah, he's got a really unique game, and I enjoyed uh, very quick service motion. And um, yeah, it's it's, it's he's, a, he's a cool player. Um. So with your YouTube channel, uh, how often are you publishing uh, the videos? I'm trying to do every week. 
uh, yeah, that's what I do sometimes more often. I'm trying never to wait more than seven days, but sometimes it happened, but yeah, I'm trying to upload every week. Nice. Yeah, that's a good uh, good frequency. So, I mean, again, everybody should subscribe to uh, Ilya Marchenko's YouTube channel for sure. We'll link it in the show notes. So it'll be very easy. You just click it uh, and hit subscribe and the notification thank bell. You, thank yeah, you. no problem. And hit the notification <laughs> bell too, you know, so then you, you get the notification. Yeah. They make it harder now for people to see your new videos. But um uh, and don't you also have like a, a coaching service as well? Like, can't people actually send in their videos and then you analyze them and all that? Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, improves dot. Uh, what was the name? I know it's improves. Uh, the link in um, all of my videos, <laughs> so it's it's pretty easy to find. But um, co. Yeah, I it's think. co. It's, it's improves dot co. Right, right. Uh, yeah, you basically get. I think it's a good idea, but it's uh, uh, a bit difficult right now with uh, all these lockdowns and stuff. But I think uh, when people start playing, I think it's great idea. And I would, yeah, if I would play some sport, I would love to uh, to order something like that. I mean, a pro tennis player like. It's not that many professionals over there right now, but I think uh, this platform has a great future. And uh, unfortunately for me, I will have much more competition over there. <laughs> well, I, I see. I like, you know, I, I think you're you, you're a good deal compared to some of these other players. I won't name them. I think it's a good, good value here. No names again. Okay. <laughs> uh, just looking at the list. Uh, anyway, but... Now that's cool. So we'll we'll link that up as well uh, for people to check out. I think it's. Uh, I mean, I would do it for sure. So, um, cool, uh, Ilya. Well, uh, how can people uh, get in touch with you? Like, what's the best place to go to uh, to connect with you and, and follow what you're doing? Uh, what do you mean to write me something or <laughs> a love letter? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no. Like, I guess, like, what, what. Where would you... like hate messages? They're they're only for Instagram. Only for Instagram. Hate messages only Instagram. <laughs> yeah, Instagram Direct is full of uh, hate messages. I, I think other platforms not that much. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I I tried to see if I could like message you on your story, but I don't think people can do that. I I could see why you know because there's a lot of stupid people. But um, no, I think uh, with with me you can do that. Uh, just uh, I just love. Uh, I would like to get those messages and then I can block block that. Uh, Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's beep, beep that one. Beep, beep. Uh, hey, editor, please beep this. Uh, yeah, because I I remember you said something like, "Oh, here's my my routine is like book a flight and then block thirty people on Instagram." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the uh, usual stuff. You cannot imagine. We were like, and the funny, uh, we were with Ma Max Chuck. We were watching the match before us, and the guys got tight. And uh, they made like some some stupid mistakes, like some some drop shots, like, like very stupid drop shots, very stupid decisions. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's fixed. Yeah, that's <laughs> fixed. And we're like laughing, like yeah, that's everything is fixed. Like like they playing like a game for 15 minutes and then like stupid drop shot in the middle of. Uh, <laughs> Uh, his own court and I'm, yeah that's fixed for sure <laughs> <laughs> and we're like laughing like oh my god man <laughs> for sure they're gonna get those messages <laughs> yeah they're brutal man they're any any mistake i guess you guys are robots you have to be perfect right but 
Yeah, like, uh, how could I lose to say people like, man, I'm playing for two weeks, my legs are done, like, I, my doctor, like, pain, and uh, I, during the match, because I was, uh, I was in for No Sultan Challenger, and during that match with Seppi, uh, it was, like, close to the deadline to withdraw, and I called the supervisor during my match, because I understood that there is no chance I will be able to play in No Sultan, like, Carmelo, could you take me out of No Sultan, because I'm dying here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's amazing man yeah. see and then i get like uh you fixed uh why how could you lose to Steppy? you beat murray and stuff like that oh my god <laughs> yeah you know that's the problem like people like who have never experienced anything remotely to what you have like they think they like know everything somehow and then they like you know make comments it's crazy like it's not just yeah. tennis it's like everything but, uh, yeah, I think every sport gets like we we are probably they think it's easy because you're alone. I mean, that's kind of true that uh, the result is on your shoulders. But at the same time, like, come on, man, I uh, I don't know. I had a had a fight with my girlfriend. I don't know, a headache, right. uh, stomach, whatever. Like, at the same time, it's uh, such a small difference, and you can lose them to to anyone. Yeah. It's uh, not that huge difference as as they think. Yeah, no, hundred yeah, percent. That's that's li that's life. I just uh, for me main problem. I think that we we don't get uh, paid enough to 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 read those messages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I should pay. That's, that's my main issue. Yeah. So I would, uh, you know, I, I I'm okay. I, like if I make enough money, uh, I order you know security bodyguard with me everywhere, <laughs> and I I don't care. Like you can you can say what you want, but. Uh, I, I think when you get two hundred dollars and uh, you get thirty messages, I don't think it's really should be this way. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think the club should should put the bill. Though. I think that's uh, essential. Uh, you know, services the bodyguard, or I, I volunteer. I volunteer. I'm not that strong though, so I don't know if you want me to be. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, Ilya, so. I have this question that I like to ask people. Uh, uh, could you do I have many questions because I have another phone call afterwards? Like I should be there already. Like maybe last question or oh, a okay. couple more. Yeah. Oh no, no, that's okay. That's okay. I just one last okay. question. Last question. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. My yeah, bad. Sure, sure. I don't worry. Thanks. Worry. Um. So, so Ilya, I just want to close this interview out, and I thank you so much for being here. Is uh, this question is what is one key tip? to help the audience improve their tennis games? Well, set up a goal and uh, go for it. Yeah. That's the main thing, I think, in any sport and in tennis as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, that's a great one. Uh, simple but sweet and really appreciate it. So, Ilya, I know you got to go, but just thanks so much again for joining us and I really appreciate it and wish you, you the best and, uh, you know, hopefully be in touch and keep up the great work and everybody subscribe to Ilya's YouTube channel. So, <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks, Ilya. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Thanks, Ilya. All righty then. I really hope that you enjoyed that interview with ATP Pro. Ilya Marchenko. Ilya, thanks a lot for coming on to the show and spending a considerable amount of time with me and us on the show. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, definitely check out Ilya's YouTube channel and we'll link to it in the show notes page along with 
the stretching and mobility video and uh, Ilya's social profiles. He's a fun guy, as you can tell from the interview, and uh, also had a lot of great insights for us, which I always really appreciate, especially from the best players in the game. I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to the podcast. It would be great, uh, not just for the show to bring in more visibility so that more people can check it out, but also for you because then all the episodes will be automatically downloaded to your device of choice and app of choice that you use to listen to the show. And yeah, that would be great. And speaking of which, I just checked out the podcast rankings. I mean, I don't know what formula they use, but you know, supposedly this site is very accurate uh, and tracks multiple different platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and stuff. And it looks like the show is number six uh, all time uh, ranked uh, as far as tennis podcasts and currently number five. It's, uh, the current rankings change a lot. But anyways, uh, pretty cool to see that. And I also want to give a, a shout out to the individuals who have left really kind reviews. I want to shout out in particular Theafo. Uh, hopefully I pronounced this correctly, but Theafo said, the podcast has been invaluable for this 70-year-old tennis athlete. It covers so many venues with so many tennis pros. It has been my go-to since Tennis Summit 2020 and filled a void during COVID. So thank you, Maribon, Smiley Face, Tennis Ball. Thank you, Theafo. I uh, really appreciate the kind review. And yeah, I mean, it's it's you know great for me to connect with all these awesome players and coaches and then to extract the information that you all have been asking me about and then to bring that to you. And, you know, it helps my game, helps your game. So it's a win-win and I really enjoy putting in the time to do it. So it's not a problem at all. Uh, so again, thanks CFO for that kind review. And I just want to leave you with a quote as I often love to do at the end of the show. And this one is by Bertrand Russell and Bertrand said, do not fear to be eccentric in opinion, for every opinion now accepted was once eccentric. That is a great quote. And, you know, along those lines, you want to be open minded and figure out what ways you can improve yourself and do not just stay stagnant because then you'll never improve. All right. Thanks so much for listening. I'm really grateful for all your kind messages. And I'm really excited to be putting on Tennis Summit 2021. Uh, wow, it's going to be less than two months from now, uh, starting on April 19th. We've got some amazing coaches lined up for you all. So I'll have more information about that soon. And if you want to stay up to date on that information, just go to tennisfiles.com and subscribe to my email list. You'll get a free ebook as a gift for joining, as well as communications from me via email on the latest and greatest that's happening with the Tennis Files family. Alrighty then. Have a great one, and I will speak to you all soon. Take care, and all the best. This is Mirabhan Aranshad, signing out. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.